everyone. Welcome to Everyman BJJ, a weekly show covering MMA and BJJ news and training tips. Good evening, Frank. How are you doing? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Well, we just recorded a great episode, uh, but uh, it was so good, and we're in person. So why don't we kick off another um, special uh, Everyman BJJ uh, podcast? Um, you know, um, this is quite unique to have you in the flesh. You know, where um, as we showed in our in the last episode, you, there you are doing your your uh, jab on me, Force your in person in person uh, Forza jab measuring the distance here, but um, uh, let's just set all this aside because this is a special. And um, I think I'm just going to hand over the floor to you. You speak. I'm just going to listen because I think you had something important to say. Yeah. Well, we were talking about death in one of our more recent episodes with Khabib Nurmagomedov, the, uh, the UFC champion, the great fighter and his dad dying and how we deal with death. And I was just saying that, our relationship with death. And by the way, I mean, I, I just want to say this. People could very easily get offended by what I'm about to say, or they could say it's too extreme. I'm not, I'm not directing this at anybody in particular. I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. All I'm doing is giving you the best of what I've seen in the trenches. This is what I've seen up close. This is what I've lived and I'm just tell I'm just telling it like it is. I'm not advocating what I'm about to say. I'm not guilting anybody. I'm not saying we should all be built or wired this way. I'm just making an observation as to what I've seen in the trenches, picking the brains of particularly elite combat sports athletes. And we've had the privilege in jujitsu and wrestling and in MMA. We've had the privilege to also train with you know Navy SEALs, Special Forces, Army Rangers people from the Mossad, whatever, you know, elite fighting is people who actually risk their lives people who actually put their, you know, Marines and soldiers and troops and people who actually police officers, people who actually put their lives on the line and real bullets and, you know, can step on a landmine, can get killed in an accident, can get killed by a helicopter going down. They're, they're playing, they're, they're living in, um, industries of much higher danger where a lot can go wrong and it can be catastrophic and cost them their life. So when we go into a cage, for instance, in a UFC cage, we don't normally think of that as a life-threatening thing, right? We haven't seen in all the years of the UFC, whatever, 20-some years, we've never seen, we've been very fortunate, we've never seen a UFC fighter go unconscious and not wake up. We've never seen that. We've never seen a fighter go on the scale and collapse and then die. We've seen that a couple, several, there have been several instances of that in the last 20 years or so in MMA. Boxing's had, I think since 1890 or so, it's had like, whatever, 1,300, 1,400, 15 documented fatalities. So people do have died in boxing after the match and people, you know, we've had a few die in the martial arts sometimes because of a bad weight cut, uh, but it's not a normal thing, but it is there. It is at the end of the day, you're still, you're dealing. If you look at the force of some of the head kicks of some of the flying knees and some of the slams, um, you look at, at the training 
this is this is pretty extreme stuff. It's not everyone's not built that way. So it's a real gut check. We we, we say you know how how much do you want to maximize your potential? How much do you want to put into something? How far are you willing to go to go from A to Z to climb your personal Kilimanjaro? That's the thing that, that stands out to me is how far are you willing to go? How much do you have in you, and what's it going to take? And to me. Our relationship with death says a lot about our relationship with our why, our relationship with our with how far we're willing to go. Our relationship with death is a lot about how far can we go? Because if we have a very, you know, timid, I'm afraid of everything, I'm not willing to die for anything. If we have that, bro, we are going to get pennies on the dollar in our life. Pennies on the dollar. Meaning if you could make, you know, if you could could maximize and do all these great things, you're going to get pennies on the dollar for that. You're going to get a fraction of the achievement, a fraction of the success, a fraction of the fulfillment, a fraction of the sense of the feeling of purpose and meaning and motivation and fire. You can't, you have to, kind of like the movie Braveheart, we have to, we have to at some point in our life, whether it be 25, 30, 35 years old, 40 years old, we have to, at some point, confront our own mortality. We have to confront what dangers, what risks am I willing to assume for something? Because there's no such thing. There's no big reward in any ecosystem, not just fighting. There's no big reward without dancing with some danger. We all have to, if you're on the stock market, if you're an investor, if you're whatever, if you're running your own business, we all have to dance with danger. And if we're not willing to risk to, to dance with any danger, I mean, there's just no way. There's no way we can really play big. It's hard to play big when we won't take even, you know, at some point, take some risks. I mean, going into a cage, there is a lot. I don't care how well you prepare. There is still a lot of unknowns, and a lot of uncertainty. When the lights go on, you go out there. There's a crowd and there's cameras and your heart's beating. And the unpredictable, the uncertain, the unknown. You're walking in the unknown. Just like in a war zone, you're walking in the unknown, right? So what I have seen when I think about like Khabib, and I think I think a lot about my own mortality. I, I had a couple of blood clots in my career. So I've got a 27-inch scar down my right leg from an artery. I had an artery operating on that bypass. I was the youngest known person, according to my cardiovascular surgeon. I was the youngest known person to have any sort of bypass surgery, um, surgery on, you know, around an artery in the country. He went to national conventions. Like you're the, no, you're so far, you're the youngest known person that any of us knows that's had a bypass. I was 19 years old. And then I got some blood clots after that too. When you get those blood clots, if you get blood clots and the blood clot passes the knee, when it passes the knee, you're at a much higher risk of a pulmonary embolism. Pulmonary embolism it passes the knee. Once it, once a blood clot passes the knee, boom, it's on, it can be fast-tracked at any point. Just break off, goes to the lungs, becomes a pulmonary embolism, boom, it can, it can burst. You're gone. You're done. You know? and, and, and there are thousands of people who die that death every year. And when you're young and you have those and one goes past the knee and you're like, oh, my God, you, know, you, you want to go to the hospital, you want this, you want that, you want blood thinners, whatever, all these things go through your head. And you have to stare at your own mortality. What if, you know, you, everything's not within our control. At that point, when a blood clot goes past your knee, you realize 
I'm not in total control. Things can happen. That thing can break off. You don't, you know, you don't know. You can do your best and it still breaks off, right? You can, you can, or some people don't even know that the blood clots pass their knee and boom, and it just silently kills them and die. So I'm thinking about my jujitsu career. I'm thinking about my life. I, I you know, had a, a kid. I was married. I'm thinking about a lot of things like, well, what if something happens to me? You have to stare that down and you have to say, do I ever want to train again? The safest thing would have been with the blood clots. Hey, just don't train again. Just don't train again. Get rid of this blood clot. Get, get rid of this one. Let it dissolve and play it safe. Just don't train again. But that wasn't, you know, so I had to weigh that. Like, well, no, I love jujitsu. Jujitsu does something for me and, and does something for my soul. And it's a refinement. It's a furnace, right? It's a, it's a builder. And I decided, of course, to keep training. But we have to decide. And it wasn't because of money. I just, I trained because it's who I am to take, to stop training. When I had neck surgery too, my neck was on fire. And I was thinking, well, how's my neck going to be the rest of my life? It's like to stop training. I mean, again, it's like I'm dead. I'm dead at that point. Like if I can't do the things I love, the things that make me me, I'm part of me is just dead inside. You know, I know I could reinvent, but I didn't want to. I'm like, I love that so much. So our relationship with death, our relationship. I mean, you look. I was telling you this earlier, Noah. The best fighters that I've ever seen, their willingness to die is higher than everyone else's. It just is. Nobody goes into a cage and expects that they're going to die. Okay. Nobody goes to a cage or a boxing match and says, you know, very few today. I'm willing to die out there. Very few, but some part of the best one knows death before dishonor that they, a lot of them have that they have a death before dishonor thing where if they didn't have the death before dishonor thing, if they weren't willing to go to the brink and risk everything, They wouldn't be able to push through those moments where we're watching the fight and we're like, how is this guy still standing or this woman still standing? How did they produce that improbable comeback win? You can't have that unless you have an incredible fighting spirit, which means I'm going to give everything. You're going to have to knock me out. You're going to have to seriously hurt me. The best ones that I've ever seen, they have that. They have it. It doesn't get talked about a lot because it's not a part of the sport we like to advertise. We don't like to advertise that like, hey, you could die out there. Nobody likes that in the marketing. Right, because we were already extreme. People already tried to ban um, something like you know MMA cage fighting. People already went to ban it. So it's just not a part of that. That code, that conviction, is not something we like to play up. But I'm telling you, it's there. So I'm just saying for the people who want to go to the max, they want to you know squeeze every ounce of their talent potential. Right, self actualization. Maslow called self actualization, self fulfillment. And I'm like, I know there's more in me to give. If you are not willing to go through incredible pain and go to the brink, then you're leaving, you're leaving something in the tank. You're not giving everything. What would be giving everything? Well, let's just look at it. If, what would be giving everything? What greater, what's the old quote, you know, nothing, you know, that there's no greater sacrifice a man or woman can make than to lay down their life for their, you know, other people, their own country, their own community. There's no greater sacrifice, right? The ultimate, the ultimate that we can give is our life. All that we can give is our life. And nobody wants to actually die, but it's the willingness to, to put forth great physical valor, meaning, I'm sorry, bro, you're going to have to seriously, seriously hurt me. And there's even a part of me that's like, I'm just, I'm just not going to stop. I'm just not stopping. The referee can stop it. 
but I'm not going to stop no matter what you do or throw at me. I'm not going to stop. The greatest ones that I've seen, Ali had it. Ali had that. And we saw, you know, later we saw where, you know, it was hard to watch with Parkinson's and his deterioration of a lot of his mental faculties, his cognitive faculties. We had that. He had that. You, he talked the talk and he walked the walk. He was about, no, you're going to have to take me out, brother. I'm not like, I'm not a normal, I'm not a normal man. I'm not a normal human. You're going to have to seriously hurt me. That guy, he, you know, so, so what I'm saying is whatever you're doing, whether you're in jujitsu, whether you're in whatever ecosystem you're in, a lot of the people that I've seen that are the best, they're either willing to die for it or, or really seriously get hurt for it or shave years off their life. Like that's a measure. If we see people that aren't willing to make, when we talk about sacrifice, say, look, if you want something great, you want to see the greatest you ever, the highest climbing you, it's like, okay, well, what, what do you have to, what does that look like? Well, that looks like sacrifice. That's a lot of sacrifice. There's a price for that. And that price, that ultimate price, that ultimate sacrifice is your life, my life, right? It's, and it doesn't mean, fortunately, the good news is, fortunately, most people, athletes, entrepreneurs, et cetera, they don't lose their life. They don't lose their life. They're pros. They're prepared. There's rules. There's referees. There's doctors. They, they, they're, they're highly trained. They don't lose their life. It's very, it's extremely, extraordinarily rare, right? It's extraordinarily rare. But that doesn't mean that they don't have it in them to say, bro, nothing else matters to me other than going out there and giving 110%. 110% means I push through any obstacle. They, the best are extreme. They're not, they're not going to get you know, ordinary effort, ordinary sacrifice, ordinary results. Good effort, good sacrifice, good results. You want extreme results, extraordinary results? You got to have extreme and extraordinary sacrifice. And so what I have found, like a secret of the great ones, so to speak, is that they are just, their heart, their lion-heartedness, their fighting spirit is so extreme. They have, their why is so strong that they've, some, some part of them has convinced themselves, no, it's worth it if I get knocked out. It's worth it if something really bad happens. I love this so much. This is so important to me. This is so important to my family, remember, that I accept every consequence that can happen out there. I accept it. I'm okay with that. That's the great ones have. They have fear. They dance with fear. They dance with danger. It doesn't mean they don't have dark moments where their fear gets the best of them, where they think, why do I do this? We've talked about that before. Yeah, they have that. But when it's go time, they're, they're, what I see in them is like, they are all in on victory. They are all in to the extreme of, you know, no, I'm, they're, they're willing to take so much physical damage. And even the greatest of the great, it's like, you'd, you'd ha- I mean, they're, they're willing to go to a length, to an extreme. And that scares a lot of people. A lot of people are scared, but they're like, well, that's so extreme because... If you're a parent and you see that in your kid, your son or your daughter, that could freak you out, right? If you saw you had your son or daughter and they're that extreme and they're that, they're, they just won't stop. You're thinking, well, my, my son or daughter is going to get hurt or whatever. You know, you, you worry, you naturally would worry about that. If you saw that characteristic in your kid, like oh, my kid is like so daring, my kid's going to get him or herself seriously hurt. 
So a lot of us are scared of that because we want to live a long life. And so what holds a lot of people back, I would honestly say what I say that holds a lot of people back is they value just breathing and living and just surviving. They value just surviving, just going through most of the life. They value that more than, than latching on to a great purpose and climbing up the biggest mountain that they can. They value just surviving. Just don't get, don't rock the boat. Don't, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't, um, dig as deep as you can. Just don't, don't, don't make trouble. Don't, uh, you know, don't go too far out into some uncertain, unknown, whatever. People that are willing, when we say that with a relationship with death, people that are willing, people that are willing to die for it or shave years of their life off it or go to the extremes are also willing to, um, I just lost my train of thought. But the people that are, that are willing to do that, I just lost my train of thought there. It's okay. You yeah. know, um, I wanted to, I, I just want to sit down with you real quick and, mm-hmm. and, and record this quick vignette um, to, uh, to have that in your thoughts. Forgive me. This is probably not the right gravitas. The only thing I'm thinking of is what's the takeaway for every man? Because, you know, every man, let's say, for example, is the, take, the, the, the takeaway is you got to dance. You got to dance with some danger in this life and you got to dance with the unknown. And you got to dance with the uncertain. You can pick that. You can be gradual about it. But everybody wants certitude. Every business says, I'm not going to invest in you unless you are. Everybody wants like this 100 percent safe certainty. Like it doesn't exist. Like there's no like Nelson Mandela said, there's no glory to be found in playing smaller than, than the life you're capable of living. There's, there's no glory in that. Like you have to, for those people out there, you know, I'm not talking about being reckless and driving stupid and taking stupid chances. I'm talking about, you know, even the people that dance with danger that we're talking about, they are trained. They gradually prepare. They are highly prepared, right? There are a lot of dangers. There are a lot of unknowns, but they are highly, highly, highly Navy SEALs go into a lot of, they dance with a lot of danger, but they're highly prepared and they try to know as many unknowns as they can. They try to make the unknown known, right? They try to really hyperanalyze. So I'm not talking about stupidity here. I'm not talking about just, you know, just put your chest out. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about people that are very highly trained, but at some point we, when we're highly trained, we're in an ecosystem, we're preparing, we have to make a leap and we leap into the unknown. We don't know when someone goes in the cage they, they may have conviction. They may believe, hey, I played the outcome. I know how it goes. But sometimes it doesn't go like you think it's going to go out there. there. You do it enough. If you do jiu-jitsu, wrestling, fighting, if you do it enough, you don't know. Anything can happen. Out there. So it's really all about, I would say, if you want to squeeze the maximum out of you, it's about realizing that you're probably going to have to go to, if you want extreme results, you're probably going to have to go to some extreme at some point and you're going to have to dance with the danger and you're going to have to dance with the fear and the uncertainty. Um, and if not, then I guess we'll just sit on the sidelines and watch other people do it and just be a spectator, cheer them on or hate on them or whatever, but be a spectator. But if you want to be the participant and you want to really climb that mountain, you got to have a gut check and say, like, what's your relationship with pain? What's your relationship with like, hey, giving over, handing over some years of your life, maybe if it has to be. If it has to take 10 years off my life to do X, are you willing to do that? Well, that was a quick. 
you know, you hear the puppy in the background. Quick He's like, sprinter. Dinner. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I appreciate it's it. It's a quick is, one. You yeah. know, we just wanted to get this in. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I had some thoughts. So I want to jump in on that. Um, you know, I've never met any accountant that died by uh, tetanus shot, uh, tetanus from a paper cut. But I don't think you mean it in that way. Yeah. And so just in a measured sense, uh, measured risk, realistic, you know, so you, know, you go into these things. But let's just table this for now yeah. because uh, um, you better be prepared, not stupid. Not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not advocating stupidity here. So, As you can tell, my cat is here. Puppy is here. So everyone gets fed now. But once you're prepared, you, you get that mindset of, hey, come with me. Once you're prepared as you can and you walk in the unknown, you execute. But it really, there's a part of you that's like, come with me. Yeah. Whatever, however the chips are going to fall at that point, you're highly prepared. Let them fall that way. All right. Well, this is a quick little episode for us. Uh, try to keep it under 20 minutes. We did. Nice. Um, Everyman BJJ. Yes, sir. Forza? Every man, every man BJJ at gmail, gmail.com. Any Forza-isms? No, we dropped them in the uh, – I think I probably dropped a few in that in the episode. Nice. Well, thank you very much. Every thank man, you, buddy. Every Man BJJ podcast yep. uh, happens 1.30 uh, Pacific, 4.30 Eastern Sundays. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we, we're now caught up. This is a big deal. This is uh, special. Well, nice to um, sit with you today. Um, and I'm looking forward to our next episode. That's it, buddy. We'll All right, soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye, brother. Yeah. As you can so. tell, this guy. That's it for today's episode of Everyman BJJ. Thanks for listening. Look for new episodes of Everyman BJJ every week, wherever you get your podcast or at everymanbjj.com.